something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to Amy and TJ. And yes, I'm starting the podcast today. I'm probably not going to do a great job of it because now I've built it up where I'm not a good starter, but um, I'm going to go for it anyway. Uh... All I have to say is I'm very excited it's the last week of February. Maybe that's not a good way to look at it, but uh, it's the shortest month of the year. But does it always feel like the longest month of the year to you? Great job starting, by the way. (laughs) I felt we should say that. Should we not? (laughs) Thanks. I need affirmation and validation. (laughs) Hi, I'm Amy. I hate February. Over to you, TJ. I mean, I'm trying to sell hope and, you know, positivity. Yeah. Yeah, with that pick me up. What was the question again? You always say, I do said, I hate February too? Well, no, that what it was? well, kind of. But what I was basically saying was, does the shortest day of the month feel like the longest, the shortest month of the year, sorry, feel like the longest month of the year? Uh, No, because <laughs> Black History Month never feels like a long month to me. It always just flies by, which I guess was by design, wasn't it? <laughs> 28 days. Well, hey, we get 29 this it's year. 29 Yay! This year. <laughs> it's leap year. Yeah. So there's an extra person to celebrate in Black History Month then? Is that Ex- what they do? We get an extra day. <laughs> leap year. Black people are leaping with joy. Oh, no, please. No, it's just another. <laughs> this has been a weird month for a whole bunch of reasons. Right. But, but in New York, especially, it gets cold and everything is kind of miserable. And you just, it's not just cold, it's that cold that makes you not want to step a foot outside. No, right? It sucks. And the sun doesn't shine that much. But anyway, on to something positive. This is something that we just were talking about with uh, Emma and Andrew here with us because we all got excited about this. I feel like a schoolgirl when I know that we get to have more daylight. This weekend, we switch over. <laughs> There's clapping and smiles. Yay. Yeah. You don't get as excited about it, TJ. When does it happen again? <laughs> this weekend, on Saturday. This weekend. Oh, this so weekend. Yeah, yeah. You go to sleep on Saturday and you spring forward. So oh, you yeah. lose an hour of sleep, which I'm fully willing to, to, to give back yeah. to get that extra hour of sun. Okay. So this week, you're telling me I get an extra day for Black History and more sunlight. Yes! This is a money week, is it not? <laughs> I just made February better, right? Oh no, I'm kidding. Um, so a couple of updates. We I was yeah, last last week we were proudly saying that we were on our run streak. Hellas Debe inspired us to run every day at least two miles. Well, that all wah, wah, wah. <laughs> last week just got busy and then once we missed one day, I was like, let's just stick to the Hal Higdon um, <laughs> regular scheduled run. Uh, we have like a running a training program. You actually we print it out. We put it up on the kitchen and we have run days. And he suggests or at least the plan suggests four running days a week. So we did do the four running day. And that is what I had done before. Do you feel any different not running every day? Um, no, we were just so busy celebrating black history. <laughs> That we we missed a day of running. <laughs> oh yeah, Emma, Andy, this is a theme now. This is all I'm about is Black History, the extra day now. 
<laughs> is all you're getting from me. <laughs> so uh, yes, um, I'm excited about it all. What were we talking about? <laughs> we, we were talking about missing. We we are we oh, ended our day. we the ended our running streak. Streak that was a that would that was legit. That, yeah. There was some um, you know life got in the way. Um, I'm sure we could have run at 11:45 at night or something like that. So there was a way to, but it it was a weird day, and you know life was coming at us for. A whole host of reasons that we missed today, but we didn't. And as well, I would suggest nobody should. Don't beat yourself up about it. If yeah. you're dry January, if you're vegetarian and you had a piece of meat, what? <laughs> just we, we got to give yourself a break and it's okay. And we gave ourselves a break. It's okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, this week we've got, I think we, so the New York City Half Marathon, which we're also excited about, is March 17th, I believe. So at about three weeks from now. So this week we have a five miler, a three miler. A five miler, and then we have our nine mile run this weekend. You ready for it? Um, well, I hope I can recover in time from all the celebrating I'm doing for the extra day of Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, also celebrating that uh, my youngest Annalise made it back safe and sound in one piece from Berlin. So that was nice to welcome her back. She was not celebrating Black History Month <laughs> while in, in Germany. Berlin. In Germany, no, yeah. she was not. She was not. But I think she was doing a lot of celebrating because she came back very tired, but in one piece, and that's all I ask at this point. And her passport was in tow. So. And she came back. I mean, thank goodness she's back in time since we have an extra day <laughs> to celebrate Black History Month. What will she do yes. with all of that? celebration ahead of her for the next few days don't worry i'll get her out somewhere (laughs) all right that's that's amazing um also you know i mentioned march march 17th isn't that the day that march madness starts uh no oh oh march 19th 19th. there we go so it's the same is the same week okay play in games essentially yes but yes that week is a big one so i last year was my first march with you and we were in hiding (laughs) seclusion at least so i got to really fully experience march madness with you last year but this year am i wrong like basketball is already taking over our lives well it happens when as soon as the uh uh, the college football and the nfl season are over the focus absolutely does shift um and now everybody's every game matters everybody's still trying to get into the tournament so yes right now it is intense and they have all the airways so they don't have to see time on sunday or saturday to college football or nfl football so it's a lot of college basketball so that's what was happening yesterday uh, i was on the couch watching tj watching basketball all day why are you gonna long. watch me watch it why don't you just watch it you watch the tv <laughs> i mean I, I i glanced um but i did get a little bored and so um i thought it'd be fun to put a little experiment out. Actually, I got the idea from my from my cousin Nick to see, hey, what what a, what do our listeners want to hear from us or what questions might they have for us? So I kind of put it out on uh, Instagram just to see what I would get. And it was it was it was fun and there was a, a lot of themes to it because everyone wanted to know about running. It seemed like that was like the number one thing people wanted to ask about. But I was going to give credit to the first person who responded on a DM to me um and I loved <laughs> I love her handle, her Instagram handle, Lima Bean Casserole, because casseroles have been a theme with us, too. So I just think it was funny that the first person. It's been a theme for you. This is not a theme for us. (laughs) Okay, fine. It's my Midwestern uh, white upbringing. I get it. But Lima Bean Casserole. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So it made me laugh. Lima Bean Casserole wants to know our health, wellness, and diet information. Well, a lot of lima beans. (laughs) Have you ever had a lima bean? Uh, yeah, that's why I know I hate lima beans. It's the only way I can know. And I've also like- had a casserole. So she combined, well, she a lima bean squash liver casserole. Let's throw all the, with guacamole. With some sour cream and guacamole on top. Throw all the things I hate into one. So in terms of TJ's diet, he's a texture person. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a thing with like pudding and whipped cream. And, Yogurt. And, he won't eat any of it. Uh, guacamole and avocado. hate avocado. I hate it. So, uh, yes, I'm a texture. So he doesn't like anything creamy or whipped. Like whipped cream, he freaks out. The funny thing is, he yucks my yum. He's like, ew. That's that's what you say when I put those things on my meal, which most people do. It makes me squirm. What's the show? Uh, Wipeout. We've been watching. If people watch Wipeout, we've been caught up on all the old episodes, but they started using foam. 
and throwing like slime at people as they go through the courses. And I have a more difficult time watching the show because it sicks me out to he will, see that stuff. You will fast forward or yeah. or say, I can't watch it anymore if there's slime. He, you just have a real issue with, with texture. So. You, I don't know. What do you want from me? So, what, so wait, <laughs> what do you eat? Because lima bean casserole wants to know. Uh, what is, as far as the training and whatnot? Well, just health, wellness, and diet. Like, oh. A lot of people asked us what we eat, oh. how you know how we how we use food to incorporate just our running and all of our fitness. I have always been a, very, a, a good eater since college. So I'm pretty much just... Um, fish and veggies that's it um pretty much don't have meat in my diet i will eat meat like i said i don't beat myself up about it but as far as my diet goes i my meal is a caesar salad with grilled chicken on a grilled uh, salmon on top or maybe shrimp on top or it's a um a niçoise salad with the Mm. uh tuna on it and that's it that's i mean you're around me all the time that's all i eat um, You're annoyingly healthy with your with your yeah, uh, food because I don't make the same good choices that you no, do. No, you know, bad. I mean, you throw some fried chicken on top of a salad type of thing. <laughs> I mean, that sounds crazy, but it, it's, it's so good. But you have it. You, I don't think you're a terrible eater, but that's, we just don't incorporate a lot of sugar, a lot of no. bread. And there's no pasta, like no, no pasta. No. And I don't like a potato of any kind. I don't eat French fries. I just, it's not my work. Yeah, I know. Everyone's looking at you like, wow, who is this person? But the thing is, it's not a matter of being disciplined. It's a matter of having habits. And I was in college and I played ball for a couple of years in a program at the University of Arkansas. And they had us on a particular diet where the only carbs I got in life, they handed to me from a refrigerator full of this liquid and say, here, this was, that was my carb. So I got into a habit of eating a certain way. So I don't, don't even cross my mind to want a French fry or a baked potato or let's go get pasta tonight. It just it's it's a routine. It's a habit now. So more so for me, it's just of just how I am. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing to witness. There. I mean, he really doesn't. I mean, I am the opposite. I mean, I don't do the sugar thing. I've, I was keto for about I mean, really strictly keto for about um, five years, even longer. And I've let some carbs back in my life just because of all of the training with running. It's hard not to have some carbs, but we don't do bread. We don't. Mm. French fries are my uh, Achilles heel. And yes, chicken nuggets that I like to put into the air fryer. So I feel like they're slightly healthier if I cook them that way. And then I put them on spinach and, you know, healthy things. And so that's how I justify. um, But yes, um, and I don't think we eat a lot. I think that's another thing. Like yeah, we don't point. eat a lot. That's a good point. And we, we don't, don't have snack. a lot of meals. I don't know how. I think it was more the work routine I got into with. Um, are you getting up that early? I just missed. I mean, we, we were so busy at times. Sometimes it could be two in the afternoon, and you go, "Wait a minute, did I eat today?" Yep. You honestly don't even feel hungry. And I think intermittent fasting. I can't explain a lot of the uh, health benefits, but I kind of fell into doing it. And I, I think it may be beneficial. Yeah, I haven't eaten anything today yet. Have you? I have not. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's usually how I roll as well. All right. Uh, so thank you, Lima Bean Casserole. That was fun. Krista wants to know if we are still drinking beer after our morning runs now that it's not dry January. I don't think you have a single time. And I did once and I hated it. Yep. And I, we're, here we are. We're, month is almost out. And it's just, again, you get into a routine, you get into different habits. And I and I even forced myself. I didn't really want one. I just eh, let me try it out. I didn't need. I haven't had another one. I don't it know just if you didn't taste good. It, to me. Did you? I saw you do it. Just didn't taste good. Yeah. So, there you go I'm, with the habits, right? Yeah. We created a really good habit. So no, Krista, we are not drinking beer after our morning runs anymore. Um, Pat wants to know how many times a week we are running. I think we covered that. <laughs> it's gotten less. Um, yes, it was fun though. I did enjoy doing it for one month. I think I'm going to do that next. January as well. I think we're going to pick it right back up. I, I think yeah. Yeah, last week was just a weird week for okay. a bunch of reasons. The kids are out of school. One is traveling and yeah. Bean was all over the place. And yeah, I think we'll, I will okay. get right back on the streak. I would bet. I loved how I felt right. just doing the two months. It, it felt like at least if everything else went to hell that day, at least you accomplished something that was good. <laughs> That's how I looked at it. All right. Kristen wants to know what's on our vision board for the year. What's a vision board? I don't know. <laughs> oh. Do you know, Emma? Do you know, Andrew? It's essentially visuals that you can plan ahead of a year, ahead of a month, and they just kind of help you focus on what you're trying to achieve. So do you actually cut out pictures and put them up on a board? Or you can make it digital. Oh. Or you can use words of inspiration, but it kind of like um, zones your mind in on what you're focusing on. Have you done this? Do you have one? I use Pinterest as like a vision board. Oh. 
fashion. Like I don't know what's an example. What what, what would you put on a vision? Like I wouldn't even know for me. What would you could like, put like running goals, like oh. the, a marathon destination. Ah, okay, okay. Or, oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right, it's just another way of saying what are your goals for the year, basically, mm-hmm. but you visualize it ah, and you maybe manifest it that way. All right, All right. so, gotcha. yeah, I mean, definitely a marathon is um, on mine, for sure. Um, probably New York. Um, we were talking, we were throwing around Chicago uh, yesterday as a possibility, and one of these days, I do want to do London, but I've missed the boat for this year because mm-hmm. it's in April. That's on my vision board, um, and I just think um, just... Better. I just. I, I wanna. I just. I'm always trying to to be a better eater, a better person, a better mom, like all those things. But I, I think the only one I could put up there would be a marathon for sure. How about you? Um, I th- yes. After just yesterday, spending time with your cousins, um, I think Chicago might go up on the board today for mm. me to pull off uh, running those two marathons that are about a month apart, Chicago and New York. So that might be on my board now. Um, I think I didn't realize it would have been, but I feel great when we talked about dry January. Just I've I've gotten into a longer routine of cutting back mm-hmm. on drinking than I probably ever have in years previous. So that is uh, actually great. Um, Sabine stays on my vision board. Uh, I'm Aww. actually trying to get her into running. I'm leaving here today and picking her up some new running shoes from New Balance. Um, yeah, and I got some relationship goals. I guess I would put up on that board as well. Maybe what would the visual be? I don't know, a little chapel or something. Uh, look, come on, y'all, come. Everybody on. got like really y'all, quiet. Come on, Emma, and come on, you too. Uh, uh, you know what's funny is Carmen. Carmen didn't have a question for us. She just said she just wants us to get married. Isn't it time for a commercial break? <laughs> yep. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, So last week, I got a text from my mom on Thursday, I think, and she sent me a link to a story that made my jaw drop. And uh, there were some connections, and that's why she sent it to me, to um, the University of Georgia and running. Two things that I love. I love my alma mater, and I obviously we both love to to run. And this awful story about Lakin Hope Riley, who was uh, murdered while she was running last week um, on a in a in an area that I know all too well uh, at the University of Georgia. She attended UGA through the spring of 2023, and then she was going to nursing school at Augusta University College, which the campus is there in Athens, but she still was participating in UGA activities, so she was there on campus. And, you know, it's so hard for me to read the story because she did everything right. You know, we talk about these stories when you're a runner and you're a woman especially. You get this pit in your stomach when you hear about someone suffering any kind of harm when they're just doing something to improve their life and improve their body feel the the freedom of 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 your own fitness and it's just so just heartrending to hear these types of stories but she did everything right she was it was in the morning she was uh on a trail that was next to the intramural fields there at UGA where lots of games and activities are going on now she was on a wooded path And, you know, those are always a little scary. I think sometimes when I've done it, I think maybe this is dumb, but you never think it's going to happen to you. She told her friends where she was going. She always wore her Apple Watch, had her location on her phone. She had her friends uh, who could see her location. And then when she didn't come back, uh, when she normally would have, her friend immediately called police. So you just look at everything that happened and you just feel sick because she did everything right. And still... The unthinkable happened. And, uh, you know, it's just a story that um, shook me because it's always a reminder um, as a runner and as a female runner what what's what's out there potentially. But then this story, as I was following along, um, just took a turn. And these are the stories that um, are tough because you've got a victim, you've got the victim's family, you've got real pain and real tragedy. And then some stories get politicized. And this is one of them. I know you've been reading up on it as well, TJ. No, I mean, the look, the politics of it, I'm not going to touch that. But it, it's there There have been a lot of names that some people even remember. Because uh, maybe Molly Tibbetts might be the first one that comes to mind out of uh, Iowa. She was, uh, that was 2018, yeah. maybe. But they the they are not that frequent, but when they happen, they get a lot of attention and they are always reminders. And people argue that we're having the wrong conversation and we're directing it to the wrong group of folks. Like we're directing it to women, what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. If you want to go outside whenever you want to run at any time of day or night, <laughs> you should be able to be safe in doing it. And there's not enough talk in the direction of the penalties for uh, with a lot of times stalking these women, uh, preying on these women, but all, oftentimes they're just crimes of opportunity. So how you do everything right and everything still goes wrong um, is is a t- it always should be a reminder. But this that's a tough one in the debate over um, this conversation we've continued to have yeah, about women are running. Yeah, and and one of the one of the conversations has been yes to put the onus on the woman is unfair, mm-hmm. but the reality is when you when you are a woman and you are a runner, you do. But people's like you shouldn't dress a certain way, you should never be alone, you shouldn't wear you know headphones or or AirPods or earbuds. Um, all of those things you know can can increase your chances of of staying safe. But this is one of those things that um, really really shook me, and I I know, and I just wanted to 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 say something to her family, just just how awful it is and how much our hearts are with her and, and everyone in that campus because everyone described her as just, you know, this, she was going to be a nurse. I mean, we know nurses are some of the greatest people on the planet. They are, you know, people who are there to take care of each other and to take care of one another. And so just for this to happen to her is just really, really, really outrageous. But for me, and I know you didn't want to touch the politics, but I think what bothered me now is you've got this real tragedy. And and by the way, police, you know, caught the man right away. There were cameras to to the University of Georgia's credit. There are security cameras all around campus. And so they were able to uh, identify and, and actually, you know, see the person. 
who committed this crime and were able to arrest him almost immediately, very quickly. Uh, the problem is the the man who was arrested um, is an undocumented migrant. And so now in a presidential year where everyone's pointing the fingers and trying to get you know, attention for their causes, this has now become a political firestorm. And so we've seen these types of things happen where you have a, a, you know, a personal tragedy uh, and it becomes this political lightning rod. And so it's just been tough to watch all the back and forth and the finger pointing. Um, and I, I, and then there's the concern of backlash in the Latina community. So I was just reading up on this and just, just wanted to express um, my frustration at um, just how certain stories are politicized and, and we see it happen all the time. But in, in newsrooms, there's always then a, a question as to how to cover it, um, when to cover it and, and who to cover, who's, who's speaking the loudest and who has a, a good point to make. But um, it's just been um, it's been a tough situation to, to read and to hear. And, and the funeral is this week. Um, I know that there is a vigil today, too, at the University of Georgia campus. But uh, just a reminder uh, to everyone out there about um, just checking in with friends and making sure that uh, you do everything you can to protect yourself when you when you go out on a run. I do think, unfortunately, the onus is on women. Um, you know, I have been out with you and I've wanted to, you know, we've gone on a run and I'm like, I can't run. It's it's dark and, and I'm alone. And so we just, you know, it's one of those things where you have to make certain choices as a runner. But it's this is just a, a difficult, difficult story for everyone involved. So the onus is on, please, mind you, there's no anybody I care about that's going out on a run on her own that I wouldn't say, make sure you're not covering your ears. Make sure you dress. Yes, I would. I absolutely. Um, and I think we all should take responsibility for making sure we do all we can to protect ourselves. I, I think the debate I, I, it's Adidas who's done some great work on this. Um, that survey they put out that 92% of women in their survey, uh, 92% said that they actually do feel unsafe or have taking taken uh, measures to protect themselves. Um, 40% said they actually have been either verbally or physically harassed out on the run. But the thing that got me was 62% of men acknowledge that, yes, this is a problem for women. But then only 18% of the men felt like the onus was on the men to help in the cause. They put it solely on the women to protect themselves. And that was a striking number to hear how much men feel we are um, removed from mm. responsibility in helping and making sure that women are safe out there when they're running alone. But um, look up Ridiculous Run if you can. Did you see that video? No. Uh, from Adidas. Um, it's called Ridiculous Run. <laughs> and it's short, but it shows women running at night. And they're running, but there's two cars with their headlights on behind them. There's a motorcycle on each side. There's somebody riding a horse. They're showing that this is how ridiculous it is for a woman to feel safe while she's running. Wow. <laughs> and it is ridiculous. Uh, but it's just, it, to, to your point and to that young lady um, on campus, it does, again, it doesn't happen a lot. But Sydney Sutherland in Arkansas, um, same thing happened to her. Um, Eliza Fletcher, the teacher out of Memphis in 2022, a lot of people will remember. Yep. That this happens, but it's just the crimes of opportunity. So um, I wouldn't let you. I mean, I do it stupidly, and I've been criticized over and over. Oh, I say criticized, but I go run at two in the morning. Three yeah, in the morning. you do. I've run with no you right at three o'clock in the morning, but only with you at three o'clock in the morning. That's dumb as a guy. You shouldn't. I mean, I go out there sometimes, like holy hell. But you also know something I always do. I run with one AirPod in. I, I want to always be aware of what's around me, day or night, who I'm with. I always do that. Hell, I do that on the subway. Here in New York, and I think that what what are the things they tell women to do that that some the hair you're supposed to keep it up right so right. you can't be if you have pulled. a ponytail yes. then someone can pull and grab and that has happened before so yes you're supposed to either have a hat on yeah. or let, and have your have your hair tucked in but so that you don't okay yeah. but the clothing is supposed to be tight and not loose yep right yep same thing for exactly pulling. it it's crazy when you're getting dressed as a woman that you have to think about those things but the more and more stories and, and unfortunately you know you say they are rare and they are of course but when they do happen it it's it's so unnerving because these women aren't doing anything wrong i mean i think that's the thing that just i've never when i'm running no matter what's going on in my life like i'll get emotional about it i feel free i feel powerful um, even when I'm having a bad run, I still feel my own strength. And, and it's just for there's an emotional and physical connection to running. And, and as a woman, to be able sometimes to go out and do it on your own 
feels so empowering. You know, I don't run alone that much because these types of stories do scare me into not wanting to do that. Picking the time of day I run, picking where I run. Here in New York City, um, we're, there's so many people around. I don't really ever feel nervous. I, I would on the West Side Highway, you know, before it turns light outside, mm. I would be nervous. And I have run there with you and then with some girlfriends. But even with my two girlfriends, I went running like at 6 a.m. one morning before maybe even 530. And and it was, I felt, I felt mm. nervous even with two girlfriends next to me. So it, it is um, something that we always have to think about. I'm curious because you said that you, I mean, I know you only run with one AirPod because mm. you want to be aware, which is so smart. And I have done that a couple of times too. But when I'm with you, I do feel safe. So I don't feel as um, the onus is on me to, to not do that. But have you ever felt unsafe when you're running? You know what? Not, I think, in um, in other cities. I used to travel around a lot for work and have to get up in the morning and running at four or five. And there are some places you don't want to get stuck in certain cities. Mm -hmm. And I've done that and I've felt unsafe and even stupid for running uh, here in New York. I, I think I know we know the route so well and, and I don't do it as much anymore, but just know the routes and and so familiar um, that I don't usually feel unsafe. And um, I can understand it, it's I, I can be out sometimes and there's just there might be a lone woman that I'm running up behind or she's coming towards me. I will go out of my way to adjust myself in a certain way to make sure she feels comfortable. I, I never run up, but we might be running in the right lane. I will distance myself. And I'm about to pass her to make sure I don't sneak up on her or scare her. Or, I mean, who knows where that comes from and why, if that's considered, if that's necessary. But I, I think about that all the time when I am out there running. And there's no way. If you told me you were getting up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to go take a run somewhere on the West Side, anywhere in New York, I would say, oh, okay, I see you in a little bit. No way. It's interesting because, um, and I appreciate that my mom, and I think she feels good now that I, I have you as a running buddy, because I've been running since I was in my 20s, but I did I did stupid things when I was younger. And I say stupid just that you put yourself in a, in a category where something could happen, where I did run on wooded paths by myself. Um, I did it upstate. I did it in Washington, D.C., along the Potomac. And I loved that feeling of being in the woods and being alone and running, but then, you know, you start to hear these stories and it's just, it's, it's too much of a gamble, too much of a risk to put yourself in. But I will say it's one, it was one of my favorite things to do was to run in the woods like that. But you see, you know, you, you hear that and it's, you know, we love our horror movies. And so you just start to think, you know what, you know, the chances are slim, but I'm, I'm definitely increasing my chances of something happening if I do this. So you just change your, your route and change your path. But it's funny when you mentioned traveling for work, I'd be alone. Well. You know, and in smaller cities, I remember the, the most afraid I ever was was in Nebraska when I was I was running and I there was no one in sight. And all of a sudden someone's coming towards me. I'm on these train tracks and you just think, what am I doing? This isn't worth it. So it's just it's another reminder that unfortunately, as women, we have to we have to put ourselves um, in, in a different category in terms of preparation. I'm curious. You always run behind me. Mm -hmm. Is that strategic on your part? That's a that's a mind game I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's um, because if you're running behind me, I will end up running at my pace, mm. and which is a pace that might be a little quick for you. I will never see you again. Yeah. And <laughs> You'll so, become a distant dot. Yeah, because just like, and I get it, because when I run, when I'm behind you, you could be running for five miles. I could have collapsed Five miles ago, you wouldn't know it because you don't ever look back. <laughs> I do look back. You don't look back. I do. I do sometimes. Sweetheart, you don't look back. It's okay. But I get that when I have at times led us in the runs, I don't look back. <laughs> <laughs> there have been times when we've gotten lost and separated because you've gone ahead and I can't catch up. <laughs> yes. So that is the strategy. That's not a safety strategy. That's why. The it, funny thing is everyone always, um, because I ran first or I was the I was the long distance runner before TJ. So everyone assumes that I'm the faster one or that I'm the stronger one. That is hilarious. You, I would love to see what your PR would be if you didn't choose to stay back with me. We may never know because I still, I appreciate, I would, I would rather have a partner in running than a PR in running. So that's not, that's a non-issue and that's, that's not going to happen. That's very sweet. Oh, but seriously, I could have done that plenty of times. I could have, <laughs> I could have kept going in this last New York City Marathon while you were up chucking on the side of the road. Uh, well, we, we can, we can talk a little bit about that uh, after the break. How All about right. that? Right. 
It's a good tease. <laughs> <laughs> Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, and I wanted to to stay on the running thing because I uh, just want to just talk about what an amazing part of life it can be. And, and no one should be deterred from any headlines that are out there about uh, violence against uh, women running. And, and it's it's a reality and it's it's a possibility, but it shouldn't deter you from from what you love. And this has been such an integral part of my life. And such a big part of of who I am and and honestly like even my friends like my friend group has been um has evolved because of running and that's a cool thing to to be able to have a shared experience like that I know you and I definitely grew closer closer because of running um oh there's no question about that um but yeah you're a, a What's the right word? Pestering, annoyance. Um, you pressure. Kept, I put a lot of pressure on press, you. That was a nicer word. That was a nicer <laughs> way to put it. But no, no, I was, I was a run. You, be, you got me into being a runner, not just running for exercise. Um, I am a runner now because of you and all those training runs. And yeah, look, everybody's going through something in life. I was going through something in life. You were going through something, and running got us both, um, both through a lot of it. Yeah. One of the questions that I got from the aforementioned DM was, how did you start running? And why do you keep running? How did you, I don't even know the answer to this. How did you, or when did you start running? Uh, it was just a matter of you. Um, I mean, being around you and seeing you every day, like you don't have to necessarily always say that. Um, you don't have to come up with the right words to motivate somebody just lead by example and they will end up motivating themselves and i was around you enough to see what you were doing and got curious about it got curious about how i could push myself and then once you start you know you go out for the first time today anybody 
And you go, all right, I'm going to run a mile. You time yourself running a mile. And then time yourself again tomorrow. And then do it the next day. And then do it the next day. And what you're going to find yourself doing is, man, I can do better. I can do faster. And then what you're going to find yourself doing next is, man, I could do two today. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is, oh, you know, I'm going to go for three. And the next thing you say, well, you know, where there's a 5K happening locally. I'll enter. <laughs> And that's how it got going for me was just keeping up with it and timing and challenging. And that's how I fell into it. But your first official race was a half marathon, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty impressive. That, New, yeah, right. New York City half of the Brooklyn. Yeah. New York City so half. New York yeah. City half. Yeah. And then, you know, people people always ask me because I, I think I got into running um, because my dad was a runner. And I always saw him running and I thought, it's free. I didn't have a lot of money. I couldn't join a gym. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do what he does. But what the, I think the biggest intimidation is getting started. And that first mile, like if you haven't, like running is not right, like riding a bicycle. Once you've done it, you can just keep doing it. If you stop or you don't stay in a pattern or a habit of it, it sucks when you start back up again because your body does not have muscle memory. It's like, what is this crap that you are putting me through right now? So um, my big thing was to just start with, and someone told me this and I loved it, to start with a time, not a mile. So you don't feel like, oh, I didn't get a mile in or I didn't get two miles in, but to say, I'm going to run for 10 minutes. I'll see how far I get. And then the next day you just add a minute. And if you kind of give yourself that grace of just incrementally increasing the time that you're running, you'll find that it gets easier and it does get easier. That's why I think maybe running every day for us, not only was it great because I felt like I accomplished something, but you just are always feeling like you've got a fitness level where you can take it to the next level if you so choose. And you're, you made me think of something now. The timing is how I, before I started running with you, um, I would do... There was a particular light post on the corner at the end of Broadway, just past the Wall Street Bull downtown. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's that specific. I would start at that. I'd literally touch that light post, take off running, and go past this little spot that's right up behind Brookfield Place Mall, touch that, and come back. You touched it? Like I would, you would I actually would physically, touch it? Well, boom, come to the next one, <laughs> boom, touch, and turn around and go. And I was timing myself and doing that around 14 minutes. And I kept doing it and getting the time down, 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 down. So to your point about the advice you got about running, it didn't have to be about distance. It could be about time. That's how I first started getting into it. So if that trick will help anybody else, run the same route of any kind you want to, but time yourself doing it and you'll you'll start to challenge yourself about getting the time down. That's so cute. I didn't know that story. That, yeah. I love that. The other The other thing that I think gets so overwhelming is just, Look, your body, everything in your mind tells you, stop, this is awful. But I think the biggest problem I did, I made, and I think most people do, is that we run too fast. Like you think you're supposed to be in a race or running at, you know, at full speed. If you slow it way down, it's so much more enjoyable. And then you can build the speed. But if you're if you're uncomfortable, you should slow down. Like I think people think somehow it's um it's not good enough or you're not really running. We pass people all the time who are, you might say, barely running. But you're mm. in my mind, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, good for them. Way to go. Way to get out there and do it anyway, even if something hurts or you're not, you know, Speedy Gonzalez. As long as you're just taking one step in front of the other. And another thing is, it's okay to walk. Like, how many times in, in races do we see people walking? They still completed the marathon or the half marathon or whatever race you're in. So like walk up the hill, run down the hill, walk for two minutes, run for one minute. But you're still out there getting it done. I think a lot of people just feel like, well, if I can't do it this well or I can't feel good, then I'm not doing it at all. And it gets discouraging. So I just want to encourage people. It doesn't matter how far you go, even how long you go. If you're walking and running at the same time, it's about getting out there. And improving yourself. And then little by little, you'll be surprised at how your body responds. I mean, I think that's a huge thing. Like, I never thought, I used to always say, there's no way I could ever run a marathon, ever. And my dad had run three. And he started in his 50s, by the way. So it's never too late to start. I want to say that much. He started running marathons in his 50s. My first marathon, I think I was 45. So when I first did, I don't know if I've told the story, my first half marathon, I wouldn't even fully commit to. I said, I'll run half of the half marathon. I'll do a relay with my friend. And so doing that 
like just giving myself kind of signing up for it and doing it anyway and then realizing I was stronger than I think. Isn't that something that we're all always looking to do to realize that we're stronger than we think? And I just I just wanted to like just seeing so many of the questions you all sent were about running. It just got me thinking about just encouraging folks to just get started and just putting one foot in front of the other and, and all these little tricks that we play. I mean, whether it's I listen to podcasts, listen to audio books, music gets old after a while, but just having a friend to talk to. We had a talking run the other day. Uh, one out of 800 runs we've gone on, we talked. Yes. How did that we run compare? Uh, I prefer it because it makes the time go by. Um, I realized this with, I think we've told this, Matt James, the first time I ever went for a run mm. and had a conversation. He introduced me, like guys go on the golf course and golf and have a business meeting. You can do the same thing while you're running. And he challenged me. To, well, he didn't challenge me. He said, hey, yeah, we can catch up while we're running five miles. And what the, f- what? Um, <laughs> and then I went out there and did it. And that's when you realize, oh, hell, I am in better shape than I thought. I am actually in a good place. And to you, so to your point, you were just making to folks, you're, you're always trying to push and challenge yourself and see what you are capable of and that's one thing about it I love and now you talk about habits you you get into the habit of running to the point where going two days without a run now feels like just blasphemous <laughs> it feels awful right yeah. yeah I mean I and and I have to say too we we, we talked about this the treadmill thing that has been tough but I have gotten better <laughs> <laughs> who likes the treadmill no one likes the treadmill i think people mentally stronger than i am i, I it's a mind it's totally a mind thing obviously i can do the mind that's not it at all obviously you, yeah you would feel it'd be easier you have a tv in front of you you have all of this you're inside the climate is controlled you think it'd be an easier get me off this thing and that was <laughs> that i think we didn't break the streak that day but that was one day that we were supposed to do an eight miler and i went downstairs got on the treadmill i got to four and said to hell with this and later on, tried to get on the treadmill again to do the last four, got to two and said, the hell with this. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, it. It, but I think it's good for people to know that even it. someone who's run two marathons like yourself can just it. say, F this after two miles and quit. After two miles. Right? I mean, me I've had so many bad runs. Um, I've had a lot of good runs, but I have had so mm. many bad runs. I have cried and I'll just bring this back. So I've been struggling with... Um, nausea while running which you've unfortunately been witness to and the yeah, long run get away from it if i run in front of you or behind you i'm getting it some way <laughs> but i don't know if anyone else i've been i've been googling it i would appreciate anyone who has any advice for me but on the longer runs i have been getting really really nauseated and um to the point where tj has seen me um have to go off into the bushes or find a tree and it happened in the new york city marathon so uh, lost, I think, at least maybe almost as much as 10 minutes on our finish time because I was sick. I'm going to edit that piece of this podcast out and use it over and over because there's a part where there where you said, TJ has seen me go behind the bushes or behind a tree. <laughs> I just want to use <laughs> that audio clip that, for countless like jokes I had to pee. in the future. But yes, to your point, what no. you were saying, I get it. But here's something I think I've discovered and I can't wait to try it out. I'm going to try it out of the half marathon. I have realized I always thought that I needed coffee in the morning, because I'm a big coffee drinker, before the run to kind of like jumpstart my metabolism, get my body ready to go for the run. But I've stopped drinking it before a run. And so far, I want to knock on wood, I've seen an improvement. And that kind of makes sense. So I think the biggest challenge when you're doing these long distance ones is figuring out how to fuel, what to eat, and for me, how not to get sick when I'm running. <laughs> Which benefits a lot of us. Yes. Um Yes, and I I do feel bad um, when my when I'm yucking your yum. <laughs> How does that apply here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're enjoying your run, oh. and then I yuck it up by ah, there we go by yakking. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Yucky, young by yakking. Okay, we yeah. haven't run today yet. Uh, sorry, we'll get it in. What if we don't? I'm not gonna beat myself up about it. See, but I'm like gonna that. I'm gonna try to. Uh, but I don't know if I can. I'll be busy celebrating Black History Month, which is <laughs> wrapping up here soon. <laughs> Uh, and on that happy note, we should just encourage everyone to enjoy the rest of February, this lovely 29-day month this year around. Um, yes, and love to, um, I hate to handle a, not a down note, but your campus, just that whole community yeah. down there in, in Athens. Uh, we talk about, um, and I love saying her, I want to say her full name every time, Lakin Hope. 
Riley. Yeah. I love her name. Uh, that got so much attention. But the day before, there on the uh, university campus, a young man, Wyatt Banks, freshman, um, died by suicide and was found there in a dorm on campus. So back-to-back days to have something like that happen. We've been on campuses that it really shakes a community to have anything traumatic like that happen. To have it back-to-back days is it's just kind of unthinkable. So it's unthinkable. So, yeah. so your, the, your home campus there, certainly yes. our hearts go out to them. Sending love to everyone there in Athens and everyone who loved um, both of those incredible students. And I know, like I said, there's a vigil today for both of them, honestly, to be uh, honored and by the people who loved them and celebrated how they lived. And, and you know, the only way um, these we, we've covered these types of tragedies. There's there's no easy way. There's there's no you know, it's hard to even say there's a silver lining because it's it's so tragic. It's it's so awful to, to have two young people um, gone uh by the age of 22, it's it's really unthinkable for their families and friends. But um, seeing everyone come together uh, and honor how they lived, and just remembering to to hug one another, to 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 love one another, to to be grateful for the time we do have here, it's a game changer in just how you approach, how you live each day, and the choices you make, and and what you say to people, and how you treat people. So I just I hope that there's um, some hope out there about how to live better and how to live differently. But we just want to, um, yeah, send our love and our support to the University of Georgia. Go dogs! And um, thanks for listening. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.